essential of the praise of man. And, uh, and when praise is mentioned in the Bible, it's important to find out who or what is being praised. Uh, in Psalm, we read often about praising the Lord. When I, when I think of praise, the first thing that I think about is the Psalm. Uh, it says this in Psalm 33 too, praise ye the, or Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto Him with a psaltery and with an instrument of ten strings. Uh, it says in Psalm 102, 18, This shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. Then it says in Psalm 107, 8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 107, if you uh, recall, I remember... I don't remember when, but I know I did preach on it here. And, uh, and four or five times that same verse shows up over and over in that same psalm. And it reads the exact same, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 111.1 says, Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. And praising the Lord is certainly uh, a necessary thing. It's something that we ought to do as Christians. Uh, but when we look at this praise in Proverbs, uh, it is not dealing with the Lord. And I want to clarify the definition of praise because it's very important for us to distinguish and understand the difference between the two. Uh, the dictionary defines praise as this, commendation bestowed on a person for his personal virtues or worthy actions. Uh, the second definition is the expression of gratitude for personal favors conferred, a glorifying or extolling. So the first one is a commendation bestowed on a person for his personal virtues or worthy actions. And it's kind of like thanking somebody or recognizing somebody for something they have done for you. Uh, but the second definition is, uh, as it says towards the end, glorifying or extolling. And, uh, and when the Bible talks about uh, praising the Lord, that would be glorifying, that would be extolling. And of course, it is recognizing the goodness that God has given to us as well. But, but mark it down that God is worthy of our praise. And so He's worthy to be praised. When the Bible talks about man, now it's a whole different story. It's not the same praise as extolling and glorifying and edifying like we would with God. It is a whole different level. And so I just want us to recognize the difference between those two things because by and large when the Bible talks about praise and talks about praising the Lord, it is something uh, that we ought to do, but the Bible does not talk very frequently about praising of man. So look with me at verse 2 of Proverbs chapter 27. And the Bible says this, Let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth a stranger, and not thine own lips. And before we get into this, uh, let's go ahead and have a, a short word of prayer, and then we'll get into the message. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for your word that we can read, that we can study. God, thank you for preserving the book of Proverbs for us, a book of wisdom, a book of practical wisdom that we can apply to our life. God, I pray that you would help me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch 
each and every heart, may we recognize and understand uh, the potential of the praise of man. God, I pray that you would give us clear wisdom and clear direction from your word, and, uh, and we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. So as we look at this first verse, I think it's abundantly clear uh, one of the potentials of the praise of man uh, is the peril uh, that would come from it. And the Bible says here in this verse again, let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. The overwhelming thought is very clear in this verse that we should not run around uh, praising ourselves. That's very clear. Uh, the, the, the Bible is very, very clear on that. Uh, and you could put in, in place of praising, you could say boasting of oneself or bragging on oneself or propagating uh, everything that you do uh, in the world. Boy, that kind of goes in the face of social media, doesn't it? Uh, I didn't even think of that. Uh, but really, social media, they've said many times one of the things that social media is all about, um, about the, the likes and, being, and getting the favor of other people. Uh, you say, man, I, I changed my flat tire today, and, and 50 friends say, like, 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 like. And you say, man, I feel really good about myself. And that's really kind of an addictive side of social media, and that's kind of by purpose because they want you to... So feel that. But, uh, but uh, the Bible here gives us the idea that, hey, we need to be careful, not careful, but we ought not to praise ourselves or boast ourselves uh, of things that we have done. And self-praise, uh, I wrote down just a few things that self-praise does in our, in our life. And uh, self-praise desires to promote self. Well, that's kind of obvious, but uh, the idea is that you would elevate self and the desire of, to boast oneself. What does that come from? Well, it can come from actually one of two things, I think. Uh, one of the things I believe that it could come from is actually a lack of self-confidence. Uh, many times when people are lacking that self-confidence, they'll talk more about themselves because they're not just trying to convince you, they're trying to convince even their self. And so sometimes when people are, uh, act like that, it's, sometimes it's wise to recognize that, hey, maybe they're not as confident about them own selves, uh, and that's something that, that we should recognize and understand. But self-praise desires to promote self. Sometimes people will, uh, will promote themselves because they desire to be in control. And so if they build themselves up as the only knowledgeable person about whatever topic it is, uh, then all of a sudden they're in control of that topic. And if you ever have a question, you're going to go to that person because they have promoted themselves as the expert in that field, in that area, uh, so that, hey, they kind of control the board, if you can say it that way. And so sometimes that is uh, a reason for uh, for to promote oneself for self-praise. But the Bible says this in Psalm chapter 75, verses 6 and 7. You can turn over there if you'd like. Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. And um, I love this verse. I think this verse is uh, just a, a wonderful verse for everybody to remember, especially in the day and age we live in. Um, the Bible says this in Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. 
and you can read it through context. It's an excellent uh, couple of verses here, but we'll just read 6 and 7 for the, uh, for the sake of brevity. But it says here in verse, Psalm 75, verse 6, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. And I say that to say this, that sometimes, many times, in the work environment, uh, people think, well, you'll never make it if you don't promote yourself to the boss. And if you don't tell them all the good things and how qualified you are, that you'll never climb the corporate ladder. Uh, but listen, the Bible says, hey, the Christian mindset, hey, we ought to be more, more interested and it ought to be more important to us to the, the work that we do versus promoting of self. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs. It says, hey, let not thy, uh, what does it say there in our, our text? He says, uh, let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth. In other words, hey, you can put that in the context of work. Um, and, and sometimes uh, I know of cases and I know of places where this has taken place. Uh, one guy, he's not as qualified, but he promotes himself and promotes himself. And so he gets a promotion. And, and, and maybe somebody else who doesn't promote themselves doesn't get that promotion, but they're faithful and they're a good worker and they continue to work. But eventually what happens is this guy who got the promotion, it's recognized that he's not quite as qualified. When it comes down to actually getting the job done and it's realized this guy's not working out and, and this isn't going the way we thought it would and, and, and sometimes he'll be finding another job or they'll be moving him to a new department or, or changing things around. And what I'm saying is, listen, we ought to be faithful in our service to the Lord. That's more valuable than lifting up ourselves. And the Bible gives a stern warning. So sometimes uh, self-praise desires to promote oneself. Sometimes self-praise is uh, driven by a prideful heart. And it's not always sincere or accurate. People tend to see themselves sometimes as God's gift to the world. And, uh, and they say, man, you, I am your man for that. And, uh, and they think they are, they are God's gift for whatever that problem or whatever that area is that they're, uh, they desire to promote themselves. And, and sometimes it's just outright from a prideful heart thinking, and listen, when that happens, it's not always sincere. What they say they can do, uh, they might even think they can do it, uh, but they're not always able to do it. Remember the verse, Proverbs 16 and verse 18, that pride goeth before destruction and an haughty spirit before a fall. And, uh, and that's a good verse uh, to memorize. Matter of fact, um, as I remember as teenagers, we quoted that all the time. Uh, anybody, uh, anytime any teenager uh, started trash talking us, they didn't call it trash talking in that day. I don't even know what they called it. We'd say, ah, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You better be careful. You're going to fall flat on your face. You think you're going to beat me in basketball? You probably will, because I'm really bad. You think you're going to beat me in something else? I, I don't know what, but, uh, but hey, you better be careful. 
Uh, because, hey, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And, and we would say that all the time because it's true. And we need to realize and recognize, hey, that, that the Bible is very clear. Let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth. Sometimes uh, self-praise is driven by a prideful heart. We've looked at it before uh, in the book of Proverbs, but in Isaiah 14, uh, I heard a preacher one time say that Satan had eye trouble. And I thought, I trouble. Uh, no, it was I trouble. It was pride trouble. I will exalt my throne above God. I will do this. I will do that. And you go through Isaiah 14 and you see how uh, Satan promoted himself and talked about himself and, and how uh, he, he was lifted up with pride. Hey, and it went before a destruction. It went before a fall, as the Bible says. And the Bible proves true over and over and over and over again. And uh, there is a peril of praise in that if we are self-praising or self-promoting, that many times it comes from a prideful heart. Not only this, but I want you to note this, self-praise provokes division. Self-praise provokes division. Self-praise is often comparative and destructive to others. Now, I was raised in church, I've said many times, my whole life. And, and my dad taught me from a young age to respect preachers, respect the man of God. And uh, I remember going to a family and, uh, and man, I, I loved that family camp. And we had four preachers every morning and two preachers every night all week long. It was just a whole bunch of preaching. And, and, uh, and the, the man who ran that family camp, he's passed away now, uh, but, but he was real big on, hey, you better respect the man of God. And you better not get up in the pulpit and start talking about other men of God. Uh, and he was real big about being uh, just respectful of others. And, uh, and I've been around some people, and, uh, and some people, uh, I've been to some, some places, rather, and, and when I went there, man, I was turned off instantly. Because one of the preachers that was there, I mean, all he did was talk bad about other preachers. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's something wrong with that. It's, it's not the right spirit. It's not the right direction. It's not the right way. And sometimes that is a very worldly philosophy of, of stepping on other people so that you can make yourself look better. And so many times self-promotion uh, causes division and it causes, uh, it provokes division and it provokes uh, contentiousness. Uh, the Bible says, you can mark this down, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 12. Uh, I love this passage, but it says this, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And nine times out of ten, when somebody is talking about somebody else, they are putting them down so that they can stand a little higher themselves. And so self-promotion and, and, and self-praise, uh, if I could say it that way, often comes from a, a heart to provoke division and cause contention. The Bible says, Proverbs 13.10, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. So we need to be careful. The Bible is very clear about promoting ourselves. Turn with me. Save your spot in Proverbs. We'll be back here.
Turn with me to Daniel chapter number 4. Daniel chapter 4. I jotted this down and I wanted to uh, go back and, and, and reread it and I did not. So we're, we're going to go there and just read this passage. Daniel chapter 4 and verse 27. And if I remember correctly, this is a king and I do not remember all the history of it. Uh, but I know that this king had a, a, quite, a, quite a good kingdom, quite a large and extensive kingdom. And I do know this, uh, in Daniel chapter 4, he had dreamed a dream and, uh, and he brought in all the wise men and the wise men could not interpret the dream for him. And so finally, at last, he, he brought in Dave, or Daniel and Daniel was able to interpret the dream for him and, uh, and he's already given the dream and, he's, and Daniel has already given the interpretation. And look with me at verse 27. We'll kind of jump into the middle of this story and, uh, and find out what takes place because it's an incredible story in all reality. In, in Daniel chapter number 4 and verse number 27, we're just going to take uh, the, the interesting, juicy portion out of this chapter. Daniel chapter 4, verse 27. Daniel's speaking and he says this, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. And so Daniel is issued a very stern warning that, hey, uh, king, you better straighten up and you better fly straight and you better get out of your sin. That's basically what David said here, or Daniel said in verse 27. Look with me at verse 28. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. He walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. Then or the king spake and said, is not this great Babylon, watch how he proclaims it, is that not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the, the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. If you look a little bit in verse 30, it's not hard to see the arrogance and the prideful self-promotion that is pouring out of this king's lips as he proclaims, hey, look at this wonderful kingdom that I have built. Look at how wonderful and great I am for doing all of this. And God instantly comes to him and says, hey, listen, king, that's the end. Hey, the kingdom just departed from you. And look at what he says there in verse 32. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou knowest the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whosoever he will. Verse 33, the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Could you imagine? What took place is, is basically the king went crazy and he went outside and he started sleeping 
outside and he started eating the grass of the fields and his hair grew out and his nails grew out. Uh, you ever see nails that grow out and they tend to curl and, and if you don't trim them puppies, man, they get kind of nasty and, and it's kind of gross. And that's what happened to this king. I mean, he went absolutely crazy. And I, I don't remember the exact time frame of how long it was. Uh, I want to say it was several years that this take, took place. Matter of fact, I want to say it was seven years. You can go home and read it and study it later. But I do know this, that that king lived like an absolute madman for the time that God proclaimed it. Could you imagine? Guys, come in. Uh, I want to see the king. Well, um, he's out in the field, and uh, he's not available today. He's out there eating grass, matter of fact. Where? That hairy thing? Yeah, that's, that's our king. What an embarrassment to that country. What an embarrassment, not just to that country, but to that king. Do you see what happened, what took place? It was from the pride of his heart. It was from the self-promotion that took place when he said, hey, look at this great kingdom that I built. Look at my strength and look at my ability and look at my wisdom. And he was self-promoting and God said, hey, buddy, listen, I've had enough of this. You're going to be struck with insanity and you're going to go live in the field. And that's exactly what took place. And God was using him as an illustration and, uh, and proving a point. And, and what I'm saying is self-praise is ultimately punished by God. Sometimes uh, we look at that stuff and sometimes we think, man, that guy he does that and he gets away with it. And, and, uh, and sometimes we'll even think, you know, why, why doesn't God judge him? Listen, uh, whenever you think that, just remember this, God's merciful to you as well. Hey, and I'm glad God's merciful to me because I need it. And so God doesn't always take care of things like we think he should. And frankly, I'm glad for that. And so uh, the Bible says back in our text, Proverbs 27 and verse 2, Let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. We need to be careful that we do not self-promote and that we don't self-praise and that we don't self-brag uh, or boast about who we are and what we are. There is a peril of praise. And those are the things that we've looked at. I want to think about this as well out of this verse. There's a proper praise. There's a proper praise. It's subtle and it's, probably, it's certainly not a command, but look at what it says. It's certainly not negative either. In the first part of verse 2, it says, Let another man praise thee. It's not a command, as I said, but it's certainly a suggestive idea. And the praise, as I've said before, is commendation bestowed on a person for his personal virtues or worthy actions. There's nothing wrong with praising somebody who has done a good job and, uh, and, and is doing a good job. Uh, and, and we're praising somebody else, not ourselves. Um, I'll give you a good example because it's personal and it's close and it's right here. Uh, and that is that pastor's retiring. And listen, there's nothing wrong uh, with, with honoring pastor for the amount of work and amount of time that he's invested in that ministry. That's a right thing to do. That's a proper praise. Uh, he's not standing up and honoring himself. No, that we would honor him uh, because he has been faithful. There's nothing wrong with honoring somebody who's doing a good job and has done a 
job and the faithfulness of the time of ministry that pastor has put in, that's certainly, certainly appropriate to honor a person and to pra praise them in the, in the definition that I've given, not to worship them. And, uh, and the Bible says this in 1 Timothy 5.17, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. And so the idea of honor is to esteem due uh, or paid to worth high estimation, respect, or consideration. And that's the same idea of honoring or praising somebody who has served well. And so in this chapter, in verse 2 again, it says, Let another man praise thee. There's nothing wrong with praising somebody. We ought to. Matter of fact, I want you to think about this. Who's the praise given by? What do I mean by that? Listen, uh, if somebody who is a good person praises another person, I look at that guy and I think he's praising that guy, then that guy must be a good person. But if somebody is a bad person and they're praising that guy, I'm going to scratch my head and I'm going to say, wait a minute, what kind of fella is this? Let me give you a really easy illustration for you to understand. Uh, praise being just to, 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 to promote or uh, have a, in respect or honor somebody. Uh, if, a, if a guy who has bad breath all the time, and he says, man, I want to recommend these mints. These are great mints. How many of you are going to buy his mints? Nobody. This toothpaste is great. This mouthwash is great. I'm sorry, buddy, but I'm not seeing it. Don't believe you. Now, if another guy has good breath, and he said, man, these mints are awesome. Hey, well, what kind are they? Man, I'm going to go buy me some of those. You see what I'm saying? The recommendation and the praise given by somebody uh, is kind of an a indicator of who it is that is being praised. And many times, listen, uh, some, many times um, we'll look at that as a testimony of the person. And so, uh, so there's the idea of who it's given by, proper praise, who it's given by. And then I want to mention this. Um, I know I had it in here somewhere. And I want to make sure I didn't miss it. It's given, it ought to be, not only should, who's it given by, but I also want to think of this, it's given in truth. Uh, praise spoken in truth encourages and helps. But praise falsely given is simply flattery. Compliments intended to procure a favor. In other words, uh, it says, let another man praise thee. In other words, uh, it's okay to praise somebody else, but hey, it ought to be an honest praise. It ought to be something that is true. It ought to be something that is uh, correct. It ought not be something that we just say, well, you know, I really want to make that guy feel good, so I, I said this. Well, that's not right. We need to be careful that we're honest about our praise and, and that it ought to be given in truth and we're not simply trying to flatter somebody or, or procure a better position because, well, we think well of them and so, uh, therefore, if we speak well of them, then we'll do better off. Uh, it says, let another man praise thee. 
And, uh, and I put this down as well. So who's it given by? Given in truth. And then lastly, uh, given sparingly. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, verse 27, it is not good to eat much honey for so men to for so for men to search their own glory is not glory. In other words, a little bit of honey is good. There's nothing wrong with honey. But if all you have is honey, if all you're consuming is praise, if everyone just constantly gives praise, hey, there's a, there's a problem. Uh, and listen, a lot of parents bought into this ideology of praising their children and praising their children and praising their children and only praising their children. And what they found is the child, doesn't, the child thinks they're really good and they don't ever think they're bad. And so then the child thinks everything that he, he ought to get everything because he's really good. Uh, you gotta, you got to be careful and not go overboard with praise. Praise is kind of like air. If you put too much of it in a balloon, it's going to blow up and pop. But if you put too little in a balloon, it's going to be underinflated and it's just not going to be right. And so it's an issue of balance and, and proper praise uh, given out at the right time is something that can certainly be helpful. Uh, people sometimes need to hear praise. People sometimes need to understand, hey, that, that you appreciate something that they do and there's nothing wrong with that. And the Bible would give us this idea, let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. So we see proper praise. We see the peril of praise. I want you to see in verse 21, the Bible says this, Proverbs 27, 21, as the fining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. One more time, because this verse is not as clear, and, and, uh, and it took me a couple times reading through it. As the fining pot for silver. Now, a fining pot is simply a pot that they would put silver in, and they would heat it up, and then they would scrape off the, uh, the impurities out of that silver. So a, a fining pot is to refine the silver and make it more pure. Look with me at the second part, and the obvious part in, in, in gold as well. And the furnace for gold. If you want to purify gold, again, you would heat it up, you'd draw out the impurities, and then the gold would be even more pure. And so the idea is a purification process. So look with me one more time. The Bible says, as the fining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. In other words, when praise is given out to a person, um, it can have one of two effects, and, and we looked at the first one, the peril of praise, the idea of being puffed up and being vaunted and being uh, filled with uh, too much praise. But the second part of praise is that it can, it can uh, drive a person to work harder. In other words, sometimes when... Uh, when you praise somebody, you say, man, you, you did a good job at that. And that person say, man, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I, I like to do little projects in my house. I just enjoy, I enjoy working. I just do. And, and, uh, and sometimes, uh, you know, you'll go in and, and you'll paint an entire bathroom. And someone will come in and say, man, it looks good. And you say, man, that corner up there, I messed that trim up. And somebody else doesn't see it. They, they just say, well, it looks good. And you say, man, I, next time I'm going to do even better because I want it to look better. 
and, and you kind of, uh, you're maybe your own worst critic, then you see all your, your little mistakes that you make, and it drives you to want to do even better. And when somebody compliments you, it's almost like, I know, I know it looks good, but man, I just, I wish I would have hit that better. You know, and, and it motivates you, and it drives you to do uh, a little bit better. And I think that is the idea behind the purifying of the praise. And that's the other side of it. So really, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, praise can puff people up and cause them to th think too highly of themselves can cause them to fall, but on the other side, on the flip side of that as well, praise can really drive and encourage people to do an even better job at something that they're already doing. And so we can see that idea and the purifying of the praise. Uh, listen, sometimes we think somebody, some people can go so far to the extreme of I don't want to praise myself or I don't want to exalt myself or I don't want to, anybody to look at me so to the point that they won't do anything uh, and they won't bother working. Listen, the Bible does say this in Matthew 5.16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. There's nothing wrong with people noticing good things in your life that you do. And the Bible says that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so the idea is, hey, that they can see that we do good works, that they can see that, uh, that, that uh, uh, we'll help others or that we do something, and it is going to be visible to others, and we, that there's nothing wrong with that uh, in, in, in its proper place. And so uh, the idea is, hey, that it would drive us to do even better. It raises the standard. I read this uh, story in this book, and I, I wrote it down. I, I want to read it for you. It's just a brief story. It says this. It's about Charles Spurgeon. In his day, Charles Spurgeon was probably the most famous preacher in the world. The crowds of people who wanted to hear him preach were so large that before the church was able to erect a building with enough seating, they rented the Royal Surrey Music Hall, which seated 10,000 people. For a number of years, tickets were required to get in to hear Spurgeon preach. The story is told that a visitor from America, eager to hear the famous Prince of Preachers, convinced a friend to get, him, uh, get a ticket for him. After the message concluded, the American stood in the vestibule of the church talking to his English friend. He did not know that Spurgeon uh, was standing nearby listening. The Englishman asked his friend uh, what he thought of the service, and he, he replied, What a preacher. According to the story, Spurgeon began to weep. And a church member asked him what was wrong, and Spurgeon said, I wish he had said what a Savior. And certainly our life ought to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And certainly the good works that we do ought to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when, when people do praise you and when people do say, hey, uh, you're, you're doing a good job, man, that, what an opportunity to witness. Well, you know what? The Lord changed me and He's made me a good worker. Hey, the Lord has helped me in these things. Or, you know, the Lord's given me this ability or this talent. And, and what an open door to be able to witness and point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And our life ought to uh, point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But then praise will also set a higher standard. Well, next time I'm going to do a better job and, uh, and make it even better. So we need to just, uh, a couple ideas and thoughts, really the potential of the praise of man. There's the peril of praise that certainly can puff up and lift up somebody. And then uh, we see as well the proper praise. And in the proper praise, let me just say this too, that in praising people, um, we should never idolize a person. Uh, I just want to say that because even good people, uh, listen, Paul was my favorite apostle, but I ought not idolize Paul because Paul's not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ should be the ultimate standard that we look up to. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with having good heroes. I've got a lot of men of God that I've heard preach over the years and I appreciate, I love them, but listen, they're not my idol. Jesus Christ ought to be our ultimate that we look up to. So uh, along with praising it, hey, we got to keep it in perspective and it ought to be in its proper place. Uh, but we can see the proper uh, use of praise and then we can see the purifying of praise as it ought to drive us to a higher standard and to want to do better and want to do more. As somebody would praise us, hey, you, you did a great job on that special. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, next time I'm going to do a little bit better. Uh, well, you did a great job doing this. Well, praise the Lord. Next time I'm going to do a little better and, and strive to do a little bit better. Not that people would look at you and praise you, but that people would look at the Lord Jesus Christ and say, you know what? God's using those people. And they're able to do something for His honor and for His glory. Because ultimately, that's what we want to point to is the Lord Jesus Christ. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, Father, we thank You. for your instruction and your word on praise. And God, help us never to be haughty, never to be prideful, not to promote ourselves and lift up ourselves. But God, as John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. And God, may that be the mindset of our lives as we think about praise. And God, certainly it's not wrong to honor people. We ought to honor people. We ought to give praise to whom, uh, or honor to whom honor is due. And, and certainly that's important and that's relevant. God, help us not to promote ourselves. Help us to promote you. God, we live in a world and a day and age of self-promotion Help us as Christians to be Christ-like. We'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, the altar's open. If God's spoken to your heart.